Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 253 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me again this week. Uh, the voice of reason for Red Leg Nation Radio, your friend and mine, Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? I've been called a lot of things in my time, but voice of reason has never been one of them. And you've been on a ton of these podcasts, and everyone that's listened knows that you're not reasonable at all. Well, I, I, I'm more reasonable than you, but, well, you know. Not, that's not saying a lot. The bar's yeah, the bar's pretty low there. The bar's pretty low. So, got a ton of stuff to talk about. We're going to try to get into as much of it as we can. But this is a big, uh, a big week with the position players reporting to spring training and just lots of stuff going on. Before we get into Games it, start I'm, Saturday. What's that? Games start on Saturday. Wow, not Woo-hoo! not real games, right? Well, real baseball games, Cactus League games, Cactus. Come on, man the cactus league you, you you're a big fan of the old grapefruit league that's where you used to I am a, I'm a great, I, especially now that i'm retired it hurts me even more that the reds no longer train in florida yeah because you could work your way down there every year i would be down there every year yeah so uh, we want to get into all the all the news before games start but i wanted to talk about something really quickly right off the top here which is that we are now uh, live on patreon and for those of you that don't know what patreon is uh, Patreon's a site where you can support the, the people that create the content that you uh, that you enjoy. And this podcast, we started it back in 2007, Bill. I think when we, you and I first started talking on this podcast. Uh, we were young pups back then. And uh, this is episode number 253. So we've been doing all these. They've every single one been free. And they're always going to be free, uh, This your regular weekly podcast of Red Leg Nation Radio. But we do have some expenses here that I'd like to uh, cover if possible. And I've been... it's taken it out of my pocket uh, since we started and that's fine it's been fun and i've enjoyed this community but as we started doing these every single week the community really keeps growing and i'm just so appreciative of everybody so we started this patreon to try to help defray the costs and that's really all i'm hoping to get out of it if we get anything more than the cost then we're gonna we'll do some fun stuff for the uh for you guys for the listeners for the podcast community but basically patreon is you can uh pledge a certain amount each month and there are different tiers you can join and I've named each of them. The Wayne Krenchiki Club is the lowest all the way up to, um, of course, the highest uh, tier right now is the Lisa Alberto Bonilla Club. And uh, some things in between. And if you pledge a certain amount, you get certain sort of rewards or whatever. For example, the uh, Joey Votto Club, if you pledge $5 or more uh, a month, um, we'll follow you on Twitter and then thank you by name uh, on an episode of the podcast. Uh, next, next up is you can get your questions receiving priority in viewer mail segments, things like that. And, uh, access to at least one extra podcast a month. This, the, the Friday one that we post every single week, that one's going to be free forever. Uh, we're going to try to do at least one extra one for just for the patrons that go a certain amount. Um, just, it's an extra thing. So you can go take a look at that at patreon.com slash redleg radio, or you can find the link at redleg nation, or you can find the link uh, at the top of our, in their bio at our Twitter page. Um, just a way that you can help support uh, the redleg nation radio community and uh, become a, a, you know, a, a Sort of just a way to say thank you. Uh, so basically, I'm begging for for thanks and and for money, Bill. What do you think about that? I think it gives people a chance to be part of the community. Yeah, that's the thing that has surprised me so much here lately is how the community has sort of it keeps growing and 
Um, we're hearing from so many people and I don't know, just something that we can do. And, and, and like I said, if we, depending on where we go and, and we've already had a, a great response as far as I'm concerned before we, before we even announced that here on the podcast, uh, we announced it on Twitter and at redlegnation.com. So, um, so anyway, you don't have to, if you don't, uh, contribute, you're still a, a loyal member of uh, the nation here and, uh, and we still love you, but it's something if you want to go and check those things out and there's even a tier that you can, uh, you can uh, join and uh, get a signed copy of uh, the book. You know what book I'm talking about, right, Bill? Uh, the Big 50? The Big 50. The men and moments <laughs> that made the Cincinnati Reds. Absolutely. So, um, Okay, enough of that. Those of you that have already uh, pledged, thank you. You're going to get uh, name-checked on our next podcast because I'm going to thank the, fir- the first group um, specifically. We're going to have a-, a blowout. I will go ahead and say thank our first patron. This time it's uh, Phil Razor. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Bill says thanks, Phil. Bill and Phil. Yes, I do. That's going to be our our next our like spinoff podcast. Bill and Phil. No, maybe not. Bill and I would be a heck of a team. Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Because um, Phil's appearances equal downloads is what he keeps telling us on Twitter. So let's get to the Reds news because there's a ton of it. The first one I want to start with is the Reds have signed utility infielder Derek Dietrich to a minor league contract with an invitation to spring training. Essentially, it's a, a deal that if he makes it to uh, major, makes it to, onto the major league club, be worth two million plus, uh, you know, like five hundred thousand in incentives, things like that. So, um, basically, two million. He's a. Uh, and if you don't know Derek Dietrich, twenty nine, left handed hitter, plays basically everywhere except for shortstop, um, and probably not center field, but can play anywhere else and. Uh, and a pretty good hitter, especially away from – he's been with the Marlins, and away from Marlins Park, uh, he has uh, a WRC plus, weighted runs created plus of 133, which essentially means 33% better than uh, better than average. And, and for comparison, Joey Votto was at 131, and Scooter Jeanette was 130, or 125, Eugenio yeah. Suarez 135, so right in that neighborhood. So this guy can flat-out hit, a left-handed hitter. Uh, what are your thoughts about Derek Dietrich? I think everybody in the world is happy about this except Alex Blandino. Oh, that's exactly right. This is the, <laughs> of course, you know, Blandino's hurt. They say he's probably going to be healthy around opening day, but he's not in camp but, yet. Or not. Um, you're right. I mean, this guy, here's my prediction. He's absolutely going to make, if he's healthy, he's absolutely going to be on the opening day roster. You think so? I would put him in pen. Yeah. And it's strange you can get a guy like this on a minor league contract Unless it's a minor league contract, wink, wink, until we figure out how we're going to make room on the 40-man roster is all I can think. That's what I would tend to believe. You know, I, this guy's too good to be a, a an invitee. Yeah, no, this guy can legitimately play. And, and the fact of the matter is, if you look at his numbers, I think in a fair fight, uh, that's the way the, uh, Steve Mancuso put it at Red Lake Nation, in a fair fight, uh, he might be able to beat out Scooter Jeanette for second base if it were a fair fight. So, but the fact is, he's certainly good enough to be uh, on the on the Reds. And and the way I look at it was, I don't know where he fits in exactly. Are they going to get have to get rid of an outfielder, Matt Kemp, or something? I mean, you know, I don't know. Where, I don't know specifically where he fits in, but I know that he makes the Reds better. That's the way I put it. The the other guy that that I think this hurts is is the Rule Five guy. It does, Connor Joe. Connor Joe, yeah. Because his whole hope was that he, uh, to make it onto the roster is that. Well, he's a utility guy. He can play a bunch of different positions. But now we got a guy that we know is gonna uh, is gonna contribute. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and and a little bit further on, on Dietrich is even if you take account into his his home his home at bats last year, his OPS plus was still 112. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he can he can rake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he's a legitimate big league, good big league hitter. Um, and so. So he makes the Reds better. I don't know what they have planned for him, but it's pretty interesting uh, that, they, that they signed him. Uh, again, with everything in free agency this year, it's interesting that he's still available. Again, again, another big a big gold star for the Reds front office. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%, especially on a minor league deal. And even if, you know, $2.5 well, million, that's worth it for what the production he'll bring. Absolutely. And since you mentioned, should we move into Scooter Jeanette? That's exactly where I was going next. What do you think about old Scooter? He's your guy, right? You can't argue with the last two years he's had for this ball club. No, you can't. I mean, he's with done a wonderful job for this team. Mm-hmm. But again, I think I think it's smart. You know, I think it's smart of the front office not to have extended him. And I know, you know, the the commenters on on online, a lot of them really want Scooter extended. But it, to me, it doesn't make any sense. And and the other thing I think it shows, and I think we've talked about this before. It shows that the that the ownership of this team is seems to be listening to the front office for the first time. I don't know in ever memory. in memory. Well, I mean, if you a year ago, not a year ago, but say say it's beginning, say it's May one last last year. What would you have said were the odds of Scooter Jeanette not having an extension at this point in time? Oh, I would think very slim. I mean, I would I would have expected. Yeah, I, I'm. I was. I was, especially when they didn't trade him at the deadline. Yeah, I was shocked. That I'm shocked that they didn't sign him to an extension. I'm happy about it, and I think he can help this team. And maybe they can flip him at the deadline, unless unless they're in the hunt. Um, yeah. There's a, there are a few things though that I think are playing into this, and the first of those is that I think they haven't been able to trade him. And I don't think they're eager to sign him to, to a long-term deal because I don't think there's a market for Scooter Jeanette. I think if there were a market for him, they would have already traded him. And when you look at the, the free agent market, and none of these free agent second basemen are going anywhere or getting any kind of money, why would you spend big money on a guy that has been a really good hitter, a really good hitter, and uh, but you know not defensively not great, and who you have a, a long-term replacement already in camp in Nick Senzel, potentially. So... The way I look at it is if the Reds sign him to some kind of a reasonable long-term contract, I don't know, three or four years, I'm fine with that. He has been a good hitter. Uh, you, know, you can't argue with the production at the plate. But to me, whether they sign him or not, the Reds have absolutely 100% of the leverage here to me. And have handled the situation, I think, perfectly. I do, too. I do, too. Let me ask you a question now. Let's say let's say they either flip Jeanette at the at the All Star break or you know after you know at the deadline or don't sign him and let him walk at the end of the year and and Senzel's played center field all year. What do you do? You move Senzel into the infield or do you leave him in center field? Well, that's going to be somewhat dependent on how well he plays in center field defensively, Senzel. Um, yeah. But I think all things cons- you know being equal, I probably move him to second base if there's an opening because I all the scouting reports are that he will he has the opportunity to be a Gold Glove second baseman. Um, yeah, and, and there's value in that. how it plays out. Yeah, there's lots of options, lots of options there, and the, and the Reds have done the right thing. And, and Scooter, the the reason why it's in the news this week, I, we should mention, is that Scooter uh, was a little bit has 
he's a little frustrated by uh, the fact that the Reds haven't he, he that he's told them he's available to uh, sign and they're not uh, the Reds aren't haven't been too interested it seems like we've definitely opened it up Jeanette said they know I want to play here they know I enjoy playing on this team I enjoy the coaching staff I enjoy my teammates they know all that there's nothing else to tell them at this point it's waiting for them to come back which they have not we've heard absolutely nothing zero wow he sounds sounds irritated doesn't he Yes, he does. And and I'm not going to say that I don't understand his position because the Reds front office, well, the Reds, the, someone in the Reds organization. Well, his ownership. We saw last year he specifically yeah. mentioned that he's had conversations with Bob Castellini. Scooter yeah. said that. So it sounds like communication has broken down, and that's never a good thing, though. I agree. Uh, that's not a good thing. Uh, they need to be communicating with him what, the, what their plans are to the extent that they can. But I do think it's encouraging that the Reds front office is pumping the brakes a little bit on the scooter talks that, uh, you know, clearly he wants to sign and Castellini at some point wanted him signed. Although if Castellini decides he wants him signed, he'll get him signed. But um, the, and I think the Reds front office is right not to have signed him at this point, in my opinion, although I think you can make the argument either way. But the flip side of that is if I'm scooter Jeanette, I'm probably pretty frustrated right now too because i'm a guy that's hit very very well for two straight years here i've become an all-star for this team you know i've uh become in some ways the face of the franchise Uh, i made it into uh chapter 39 of the big 50 the men and moments that made the cincinnati reds that makes you a star right there exactly and no offer at all you know zero he said we've heard absolutely nothing I, i think i would be frustrated if i were him too because what else do i need to do you know, is the way I would feel. But, uh, so I think that both sides are kind of, uh, reasonable in, in, in their, their, where they are right now. Does that make any sense at all to you? No, I, I agree with you. You know, and part of it is, you know, he, he happens to be hit a, he's in a position where there's not a lot of demand. So the team can kind of ignore him. Yeah. And He's and he becomes replaceable by the fact that two things he doesn't play defense very well and the Reds have Nick Senzel. If the Reds didn't have Nick Senzel right now ready to go, Scooter Jeanette might be, you know, now, especially now they've traded Shed Long. You know, Scooter might have more value to this organization. So, yep, I don't know. Speaking of extensions, and this was like the most uh, I guess nothing story of the week, but it made a lot of people really excited, which is. Uh, the question was asked to Yasiel Puig. You've heard of Yasiel Puig, right? Uh, did the Reds get him over the offseason? Yeah, he's with the Reds now. He's wearing a, wearing a red cap okay. now. Anyway, he, uh, they were asking him about, hey, you know, you, you, you want to sign an extension with the Reds? And his answer is exactly what I would expect any major league player to answer. But it, anytime someone indicates that they're interested in signing a contract with the Reds, Reds fans are so kind of beaten down by the system at this point, they get excited about it. Here's what Puig said. Uh, if I can sign here, you say? I don't know. You've been asking the GM if he wants to sign me? If he gives me the money I want, I'm going to be here all the years he wants. I love Ohio. This is my color. I love red. I mean, that's that's a sort of a perfect uh, PR answer for Yasiel Puig, don't you think? I, 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 yeah, he couldn't handle that. He couldn't handle that one any better. Of course, that's a big old softball being thrown right at you. you know? It is, yes. <laughs> um, but what, but, it'd be interesting to see if, if yeah, you know, we talk about Scooter and extension. It'd be interesting to see if Puig is a guy that they consider for an extension. Well, 
and you know, I was a little, and you and I had talked offline at times and, and when all the rumors of him, and, and I was, and still am a bit hesitant on Puig. Yeah. Because we're seeing the good Puig, the, the positive Puig. And there's another side to this guy. What's that other side? The, the, the churlish, the, the unhappy, the tantrum-throwing guy that gets sent to the minor leagues. And, and hopefully we won't see that. But I mean, because so far this guy has been the picture perfect example of what you want out of a guy that comes into your organization. Oh, no in, question about it. No question. In fact, there's a, there's a, there's Bobby Nightingale put an article online tonight. In fact, a little while ago that Puig's uh, been tutoring minor league guys in the outfield. He's been like the other day he was working with, I don't know if it's today. It doesn't say when he, when this happened. But he was working with Trammell and and, and uh, T.J. Friedel in, in the outfield on their throws and how to how to approach the ball and all these other things. And they stood there and talked about hitting for an hour. And the hitting coach was standing there and hitting. Puig said to the hitting coach, "Well, come on, you're the coach. Say something." And the coach said to him, "When? When should I step in?" He said, "You haven't stopped talking for an hour." <laughs> and the hitting coach is Turner Ward, who has been with Puig in L.A. Of course. Um, that's that's an interesting story, and and Puig's just an interesting character. I think a lot of the you know negative stuff that's been written about him, frankly, I think it's a, a lot of it's overblown because he's a guy that enjoys playing baseball and and sort of shows that on his sleeve when he's out there. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's going to be all dependent on how does he hit, whether the you know is he is he is he a twenty he's twenty eight years old right now, so is he a guy that's still got a few, you know a year or two three four left in his prime, or you know, is he, who is he? Which Puig is he? The good Puig or the bad Puig in terms of how he plays? And can he stay healthy? Um, the the second thing it's going to depend on is how much money does he want? You know, he may uh, decide he wants a lot more than the Reds are willing to offer. What may benefit the Reds is this crazy free agency now where nobody knows who's going to get any money. And he may just decide my best bet is to make everyone in Cincinnati love me and then take as much as I can get out of the Reds, you know. So, right, because any of these guys that sign a big contract, you know, I'm not talking about humongous, gigantic, you know, but a, a good size contract, they're, they're set for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know, it, unless they're incredibly stupid. Uh, so it's, it's not like you have to worry where your next meal is coming from. And when you get into the size of contracts, I think ego has a lot to do with it. Sure. But, but I agree with you. Uh, you know, it, it's gonna. I think it's gonna turn on on how much he ends up being uh, a fan favorite. I think his numbers. Uh, I I think he I think he could become the face of this franchise if he starts out hot the first two months. He's gonna yep. be, he's gonna be everywhere. Yeah, especially if the Reds are playing well because he's gonna he's gonna be the face of the. The new look Reds. Well, and he's you know he's he seems like he's a, a personable guy that likes being a little silly and likes having a good time and you know interacting with the fans and and, and I don't want this to sound like it's going to sound, but he's kind of it'll be kind of like the anti Joey Votto. The, the 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 you know Joey's pretty stoic and, and and I mean he has his fun and he and he's loosened up a lot more than he used to be. That's true, but he's still he's sort of an inward looking guy. Yeah. And and Puig is the opposite of that. Oh yeah, you know he, he seems like he's just out there all the time. Puig reminds me so much of Johnny Cueto in terms of personality. You know, just uh, and, and it took Cueto a while to sort of 
come into his own in that. He was, you know, he was a quiet guy early on when uh, Marty Brenneman wondered if he would ever get it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot of things here uh, that are going to be at play. And but I, you know, if I'm the Reds, I'm not hesitant to go ahead and offer him something if it looks like he's, uh, you know, going to be the guy they expect him to be because he is still in his prime and, uh, you know, he can be a sort of a positive uh, uh, PR move for the for the organization in terms of. Uh, hey, look, we're going out and getting real players to fill in some of the gaps, and we got this guy that just on this one-year deal, but we're looking to bring him back. Yeah. And uh, I think also the way this free, and I don't know if it's collusion. I don't know what's going on. This whole free agency market is is there's something sketchy happening. But I wonder if it makes a guy like Puig and Alex Wood, for example, more likely to sign here long term. Um, rather than test the free agency waters, I look at a guy like Dallas Keiko, who's older than Wood, but um, who's still unsigned? Yeah, you know, and I, does Alex Wood want to go? Ooh, I've got the Reds make, making this offer to me right now. Do I want to test the waters or take the sure bet? You know, for f- four or five years. And and, uh, and I was reading an article the other day, and I can't even now remember who all who they mentioned, but they were talking about some of these guys that that didn't sign until the end of spring training or right after the season started, and a lot of them had injury problems. You know. And 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 that's that. That's you know they'd sign a one year deal because they sat out free you know sat out of their free agency they'd sign a one year deal and then they get hurt and then they you know it's only on a one year deal so then they're hurting again the, in the next off season because they don't have the good numbers to fall back on yeah absolutely so there's just a whole lot of things in the mix uh, there I don't know I, the other thing with the if, if they would if they would go out and go after Puig and, and would sign him the other thing and I think you were alluding to this is. It would change the perception of the team, right? Of the way that, of, of ownership and, and the franchise. Well, it would continue the uh, change in perception that has begun this off season, but they, it'd really be showing that they're really trying to go all in for the next few years. You know, it's one thing to go trade for a couple guys that are here just for this year, but you know, if you're looking to lock some of these guys up, I don't know. It's what they did with Sonny Gray, you know make the trade and then work out the extension. So, yep. so anyway, uh, you know, I don't know if Puig or Jeanette, either one are going to be here th- this time next year. Both are open to it. Uh, Scooter seems desperate for it, but uh, we'll just, uh, we'll see what happens. Cause there's so many things that have to, you know, so many dominoes to fall that I don't, I don't know how to predict either one of those. Um, the next since thing you, since you mentioned, Sonny Gray, I did mention you- Sonny Gray. Are you an opening day pitcher if you're pitching the opening game of spring training? Well, David Bell says no. <laughs> he says it's no indication that he's going to be the opening day starter. I know, but it, I mean, do, do, are you still an opening day pitcher if it's if it's just the beginning? Oh, exactly. of... <laughs> oh does that does that qualify you as? Does that opening... qualify you as an opening day start since you start the first game of spring training? Make the opening uh, cactus league start. Well, Sunny Gray yeah. is, so I guess we he can say he's. That's right. Yeah. I threw opening day. Uh, and since you, since you said that, let's go ahead and talk about the, some of the other news that happened this week, which is David Bell made official what really a lot of us already suspected, which is who the uh, starting rotation is going to be. And I don't ever remember the Reds announcing their five-man starting rotation this early, at least not since you know back in the days when you had Cueto and, and Homer and, and Latos and uh, Edinson Volquez and Bronson Arroyo. So here's who they announced. In no particular order, Luis Castillo, Anthony DiSclafani, Sonny Gray, Tanner Rourke, and Alex Wood. That's what we well, expected, I'm right? I'm just shocked. Just knock me off my chair with a feather. <laughs> yeah, no one's surprised. Uh, and if those guys are healthy, 
uh, that's going to be the uh, the rotation. What it says to me is I would have expected at the end of last season, I would have thought it was 98% that Tyler Malley would be in the red starting rotation. And it looks like Tyler Malley is going to be in uh, – if everybody's healthy, he's going to be in Louisville. And I hate it for Tyler Malley because I still think he's going to be a really good pitcher, a big league pitcher. But the fact that the Reds have gone out and gotten gotten the pitching, hash Brown get the pitching, they've gotten enough to where it, you know it, it makes him the sixth guy or seventh guy. That's that's good news, right? Yeah, it's wonderful news when you've got somebody that you think is going to be that good that you, he's got a, you got another year that you can marinate him. Oh man, <laughs> going back to the old Dusty Baker reference. Uh, Sending some guy down to marinate a little bit. Um, well, you know, Dusty and I are like this. Well, uh, I can't see what you're doing, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to well, presume. two fingers, not one. I'm okay. going to presume it was something obscene. <laughs> nope, um, not at all. Now, out of those five, I'm letting you make the decision. If, if, if David Bell says, Bill Lack, co-host of Red Leg Nation Radio. Well, he may call me. You never know. He, he may. may call me. Who should I start on the, on the mound on opening day? What's your answer? Castillo. I think it's got to be Luis Castillo, right? Yeah, I think I think you got to reward a guy for for seniority on the team. Uh, the other everybody else is new. He's at least been here for an opening day. I mean, Discofani has too, but I, I don't think he's a consideration. Well, I think Castillo's in the mix for to be the ace at some point if he pans out like we all hope. Uh, so so maybe the first of many, but. I don't know, and, and no one else jumps out. If they'd have gone out and gotten, you know, uh, Clayton Kershaw or something in that Dodgers trade, okay, you give him if the they, If they'd have brought Kluber over or, 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 or signed Keuchel or something like that, I mean, you could make the argument, you know, a, a, a real rational argument to go another way. But to me, assuming he's healthy and he doesn't get the crap knocked out of him in spring training, it's Castillo. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I would be very surprised if it were anyone – other than Castillo, even though Sonny Gray is making the opening day Cactus start. Cactus opening day start. Training, right. So, uh, we all know how important that is. Oh, it's extremely important. Who started the first game of spring training last year? <laughs> exactly. Tim Adelman. I don't know. Hey, Tim Adelman's back. Did you see that? Minor league deal. Tim Adelman. Okay. He had the most innings of any red starting pitcher two years ago. Okay. That's that, that's that always makes my head hurt. Yeah, there he goes again. Um, all right, David Bell. We were just talking about David Bell. You know, he's the manager of the Reds. You knew that, though. I read that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, David Bell had some fascinating comments <laughs> about the, the lineup, his uh, everyday lineup, that uh, just sort of blew me away. And, and before I say too much about how impressed I am, and I'm very impressed with these comments, Brian Price said a lot of things, too that I thought, oh, he's going to think outside the box. And then Brian Price just managed like every other manager in baseball. David Bell started talking about his uh, his philosophy in terms of putting together a lineup. And he didn't say who's going to be where. He didn't announce his lineup. But he started talking about his philosophy. And there are a couple of quotes, but I'm going to go ahead and, and say the one that I love because I've been saying this for years. I've read where if you maximize your lineup every single game, you get yourself at least one extra win per year. That's amazing. I don't know, but one game is good. We'll take that. You know, and every time we complain about the lineup, you hear someone, some beat writer, come back and say, ah, lineups don't matter. 
They don't matter that much. You know, maybe a game all season. I've heard that so many times. And every time they, they say that, I think, wait a minute, shouldn't, shouldn't every professional team be looking to maximize the number of wins? Even if it's just a marginal improvement, it's still an improvement. Oh, it doesn't matter that much. The lineup doesn't matter. Who cares that we're betting Willie Tavares first? The lineup doesn't matter that much. You think the Cubs or the Brewers would have liked to have one more win last year? Exactly. That's <laughs> I've been saying it for years, and that's the first time I've ever seen a major league manager actually come out and say that. That you know, uh, even a marginal improvement is an improvement. Um. So now, 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 what he's talking about with the lineup, though, is is, is nothing that we didn't expect, and, and and the lineup that he's talking about is pretty much what everybody kind of assumes is going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah. He said, let me read the other quote from him. It makes sense to me that you have one of the top hitters hitting second. It makes sense to me that you have a guy who can get on base leading off. It makes sense that you want, if not your best hitter with power, one of your best hitting fourth. He said it can open your eyes to decision-making, to making a decision, whereas in the past you just did it because they always did it that way. So, um, I don't. to me... Uh, that is very, very refreshing. So what do you what do you see? Winker, Vado. Okay, before we start, before we start. Okay. Let's presume this lineup with uh, Sinzel in center. Yes. Okay, and uh, Puig in, in right, Winker in left. Okay, so yes. go ahead. You, you started to give me your lineup. Winker, Vado, Suarez, Jeanette. Puig, Senzel, Barnhart. Uh, I don't uh, have. Forgot Peraza. Yeah. Peraza, Peraza would probably bat after Barnhart. But I think that I, I'm not sure about that seven and eight. No, I put Peraza uh, seven, then Barnhart eight. Peraza, man, though, his last like 450 at bats last year were great. Um, yep. I like Peraza. I think he's gonna, I think he's going to have a, a good year. I hope you're right. He's still only like 19. I'm still not sold. No, I'm completely 100% sold. Go look, go pull up his baseball reference page while I uh, ramble on here. I'm going to, I'm going to quibble with your lineup. Here's the lineup I go with. Okay. Uh, Jesse Winker leading off. Okay. Uh, Joey Votto second. I I would bat Joey Votto second. Third, Suarez. Okay. Fourth, Yasiel Puig. Um, Fifth, Senzel. Sixth Scooter, seventh Peraza, eighth Barnhart. But I can move all those around. You know, I, I could even talk myself into Senzel yeah, second, Votto third, stacking right-handers and left-handers too. And nah. I, nah. I, 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 the more I think about it, I may put Senzel second and Votto third and Suarez fourth, Puig fifth, Scooter sixth. I think I am going to do that. Winker Senzel at the top, two young guys. Votto third. You'd have you'd have Senzel trying to learn a new position and hitting in the top of the lineup. Sure, why not? He's hitting the top of his lineup his whole life. Yeah, not in the big leagues. Nah. A lot of pressure. Facing, I, facing the same pitchers. I'm gonna keep as much pressure off that kid as long as I can. Ah, drop it on him, sink or swim. What if he sinks? Eh, whatever. We got other guys. <laughs> they didn't trade Jonathan India yet, did they? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't checked the I haven't checked the, the lineup or the, the clicker lately. Yeah, well, we'll bring him up. Shed Long's not there. Well, we'll bring somebody up. Who cares? 
Uh, yeah, that's what I that's what I do. Here we go again. Let's set the record straight. Yeah. All right, let's set the record straight. God, I hate this baseball, baseball reference. Yeah, quit. Yeah, I love baseball reference, but you got to quit with these autoplay ads, guys. Yeah. Um, you know what they'd say? Well, if you pay us some money, we. <laughs> it's true, but, but and to which I would respond, I have paid you money like the last four or five years for the uh, play index, which I love. So, anyway. But no matter no matter which way you stack that lineup, they should score a whole boatload of runs. I think that's a good point. There are a lot of different variations on how you can go, and there are very few weak links in that lineup. I mean, you could. I think there are very few questions in that lineup. You could. You can. I mean, you can. I think. I think Tucker Barnhart's going to be what he is. You know, he's going to be some. I think he's going to be somewhere between last year and the year before. I think, you know, you could have some questions about Peraza like I do, but you don't. And other than that, you know, and, and you have some questions, I guess, about Sunzel till he shows you can do it in the big leagues. But other than that, everybody's a proven player. I mean. I, I think you're not guaranteed, but I think there's it's a really good chance that at seven of those eight positions, you're going to have an above-average hitter for that position. Peraza was, Peraza was well above average for shortstop. He was among the top shortstops, actually in the national league last year in terms of hitting. Um, I, you know, I think, uh, at least top five, I can't remember. I need to go back and look at that. I think, uh, you're going to be above average every position. And with Barnhart, if he's as good defensively as he was the year before last, when he won the gold glove, uh, and just sort of slightly below average with the bat, like he's been, I take it. I take it. So, well, and, and a lot of the, I think a lot of the, at least what I read, a lot of the defensive stuff on Tucker last year, was because he wasn't throwing out as many hit runners, and and you you know how much of that was his fault? How much of it was the pitchers? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, if they don't hold if they don't hold them at least close. Unless you're Johnny Bench back there, you got to give them a chance. It's true. It's true, and some of that could have been uh, absolutely. Um, I guess the flip argument on that is that he did, I think, allow more pass balls last year, and uh, he he wasn't quite as good last year. No, but he's still good. But it yeah. wasn't a dramatic drop off. No, right. I agree. Yeah, it wasn't, and he wasn't hurting the red certainly. So, um, but, but but you're right. That lineup, no matter how you match them and and stack them up, they should score plenty of runs. It really should be one of the better offenses in the National League. And then it just comes back to that rotation we just talked about it being should be fun to watch. That's gonna, if nothing else. And man, after what we've seen the last few years, I'll take fun to watch. Yep. Because we've not seen much of that. Uh, speaking of uh, these position players, the position players showed up to camp this week. Woohoo! And well, uh, I hope so because games start on Saturday. Yeah, it's really difficult to uh, <laughs> really difficult well, they, to play games without your position. They didn't pitchers take an infield the other day, so maybe that was the plan. There you go. Uh, <laughs> you, you you know Joey Votto, he showed up, and uh, he, had he some, I'm glad he showed up. But it's about time, right? <laughs> he had some interesting comments. Uh, he said that uh, he started hitting in December this year. Uh, said he usually didn't start until he got back to spring training. Um, he said that he just was not satisfied with what happened last year. Uh, and it wasn't a bad year, but it was a bad year for Vado, which is not a bad year. Um, what was his OPS plus 125? So, you know. Well, it stinks. Yeah. For, for him, though, you know. Um <laughs> And those were his comments that, you know, he's 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 coming in with a different perspective, I guess, and, uh, you know, trying to – he says he's going to hit for more power this year. That's his goal. 
hit for more power. And he says he thinks he knows why he wasn't hitting for more power last year. Let's set the record straight. I'm trying to set the record straight, Bill. You you cannot go to a person's page anymore on here without this stupid thing playing. I know. It's time to start using fan graphs. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry. I apologize to our listeners for the Miller Lite commercial that keeps popping up. If you'll uh, if you'll support our Patreon, we will pay to have uh, Bill Lack somehow uh, you know get a no no ads on his baseball reference page. I, th- I think what he's doing is telling me I need a Miller Lite. <laughs> That's probably. <laughs> I don't think you need anyone to tell you that. Um, That's my wife's beer. Uh, okay, <laughs> Joey Votto. Yeah, back to Joey. Is he going to be the old Joey Votto? Is uh, what do you see? With, what do you see with Joey Votto this year? Well, well I, I will say this: uh, I was shocked last year when he did not become the old Joey Votto in the second half. And in fact, I remember you and I talking around the All Star break. Kept waiting for it, yeah, yeah, and, and saying, you know, we expected him to explode in the second half, and he didn't. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if he will or not. He, uh, but I do believe that he's on a mission. And if he doesn't, it won't be from lack of effort. Uh, the concern is if he isn't, the rest of this contract could be, you know, I won't say concerning, but we're seeing a downward trend quicker than I think anybody hoped to see it. Yeah, I think you hit on the uh, what the little nagging thing in the back of the back of the head. I expect Votto to be. Uh, I don't expect him to be top five MVP again this year. But I do expect him to be much closer to the old Joey Votto than what we saw last year. I still don't believe he never, he didn't come back last year and, and improve those numbers. We've seen it so many times. But there's that nagging little piece that says, you know, he's getting old. Older. He's getting old. He's getting older. And, uh, you know, is this the decline phase? He can't keep it. He's I know he's amazing. One of the best hitters in the history of this franchise. But he has to decline at some point. So... It's going to be a big year for for the narrative around Joey Votto's career, I think. Uh, after this year, we'll know he he's you know starting a decline, or he's been able to hold it off a little bit longer, or he, or his decline is not going to be as steep as last year might have suggested. So um, he's still going to be an above average player. Oh, well above average. And so you know, I, I, you know, we're talking about degrees of decline and. and it, it won't be like a Brandon Phillips decline where he just fell off the edge of the earth. Right, right, right. Brandon Phillips fell off the edge of the earth because you shoved him. Nope. You didn't like Brandon Phillips. I was in, Mon- I was in Montreal at the time. <laughs> okay. Um, so. But I was not a fan of Brandon Phillips. We're, uh, we've got the archives of Red Leg Nation Radio to prove it. Um, and, the people, and the people that were in a certain meeting will attack. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which we won't mention again. No. Um, I've been banned. Yeah, you've been banned from Great American Ballpark in the front <laughs> office. Uh, I did get thrown out of Riverfront one time, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it had something to do with Miller Lite, I bet. There were beers drank. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's going to be a topic of conversation throughout the season here on the, the podcast, Joey Votto and... and and where is he in his career arc? The other side of that career arc is Nick Senzel. And we just talked about him. And uh, I, I want to mention this just because it's been a really interesting topic of conversation at RedLegNation.com this week. Jason Linden and I talked about it on the podcast last week. But I wanted to get your thoughts on it because they've gone back and forth on uh, on at the nation on Nick Senzel being on the Reds uh, roster on opening day. 
and there are great arguments on both sides of it. What, what, what are your thoughts on whether the Reds should have Nick Senzel on the opening day roster? We, you and I have, and you and I have gone back and forth on this in the past, and and I, if I was Dick Williams, I don't know what I would do. I think it would depend on what he looked like in spring training. I think that will have something to do. I mean, if he comes in there and he's just killing it in spring training from day one, uh, I think you, you're going to have a hard time with the fans not rioting if you send him down. Because the fans don't want to hear about that extra year. And what you're talking about is they leave him down, you know, uh, 12 games or whatever in the minor leagues. What? They can uh, – they'll have another another year on the end of his uh, – uh, but, but, but if he's mediocre offensively, then, they, then they've got a way to – you know, they can say, well, we're going to send him down and let him get a little taste of trip, AAA since he missed the – last quarter of the season or whatever it was last year. And then we'll bring him up in a couple of weeks and then we'll, and we'll still get that, that extra, you know, that extra year, you know, but, but the argument, and, and which is you've made many times and we, t- it, this goes back to something we were talking about earlier, that that one extra game, winning that one extra game. If you don't have your best eight out there every day, yes, you know, so my answer is, I don't know what the hell I'd do. <laughs> I think, I think now ask me again right before camp breaks. I will, and, and I and I'll, I'll I'll have an answer for you then because it will depend on what he looks like. Yeah, I've, I've been very clear with what I think. Although I, I concede that the argument to keep him down is logical and it's it's cold blooded. It's uh, it's know, a business decision. It's a business decision, and I you know uh, you can't be emotional. You don't make these uh, decisions based on sentimentality. But I think a good argument can be made from the business perspective that having him on the opening day roster is the right move because you've screwed around with four straight seasons here. And you you, you stole my thunder because that's where where I was going to go. Every win is important. Every, you know, if you can improve the team marginally in every game, that's important to the bottom line of the franchise, frankly. And so uh, I want the Reds to have the 25 best players they've got on the roster starting from day one, not starting from day, you know, from game number 13 or whatever from game one. I'm not willing to give up two weeks out of the season. Uh, not that you're giving up on them, but, and you don't know what the Reds going you, to feed you would do that No matter how he performs this spring. Yes. Okay. Because uh, there would have been zero, if he hadn't had the fluke injury last year, where the ball jumped up and uh, broke his finger, if he hadn't had that fluke injury, there'd be no questions here. He would be on the opening day roster because he's one of the well, 25 Because he's been up in September. Yeah, he would have already been up. Um, well, let's, uh, let's also go back to the point that the Reds basically wasted his whole season last year. Yes. By not bringing him up to the big leagues when they could have and by not playing him in center field when they had the chance and then, of course, the injury. Or, or, or wherever they were thought they were going to play him. Yeah. There was talk of shortstop, and then he went down to Louisville and didn't play any shortstop. You know, there, there's a whole bunch of they could have, would have, should have done, you know. But it does seem like they've, they've got a plan for Nick Senzel now, and maybe that's what we should be saying. This team didn't seem to have a plan. They talked a lot about plans for Nick Senzel, but they never put them into action. Yeah, but they, that, it seems like they do. Yeah, but it still doesn't excuse not having a plan earlier for your single, you know, greatest minor league no, asset. I, 
I'm, I'm not excusing what they did, but I'm just saying I'm hoping that this team has learned from their mistakes. And, and let's be honest, there's been a lot of changes in the front office. Yeah, like with everything else, uh, it's in a, going in a more optimistic direction, I guess. Even I'm months. feeling a little optimistic, Chad. <laughs> that's a, that's the first time. In the, how long have I known you? Uh, I, 20 what? 20 some? We're probably going on a, a quarter of a century here. I would bet we are. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, we probably are. I've for half your life, boy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, way more, way more than half my life. I'm not. Um, it's true. So anyway, yeah, that's going to be a, something to watch as well. And uh, I think that you really, you're, and, and at Red Lake Nation, like I said, uh, Steve Mancuso and Jason Linden and Wesley Jenkins, they've all had their takes on it. And I think they're all, all right. I mean, I think you can, uh, I think you can spin it any way and you're, and you're technically right. I just know what I would do is I would have the best players on the field for as many games as I could have them on the field. And in the roles that were best suited for each of those players, which leads us, that's a little segue to our next topic. Roselli Glacius, David Bell again, making, Woo-hoo. making, uh, you know, making news with things that he's saying that, uh, again, we've heard Brian Price say some things too and not follow through with him, but he, that's what I was just going to say. This goes back to your earlier topic about Brian, or your earlier comments on Brian Price. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's what you always say. Uh, you're from Missouri on this one. I'm you know, we've heard Missouri. it before. Show me. Yeah. Um, but David Bell said of Roselli Glacius, I think a lot of times it's going to be in that closing role, but I just don't want to limit him. He's too important to our team, too important to our bullpen, where we want him to have as much personal success and be as comfortable as he possibly can. But the priority is going to be to win games. So essentially they said they're going to use him whenever they need him uh, during the game, when the, when the highest leverage spot is. So um, that's, again, show me, but it's encouraging, like with the rest of this, right? I think it's a you know, a great idea. We we wanted to see this for how many you know at least since the Glaciers came to the Reds, and we wanted to see the same thing with Chapman. Yeah. You know, even even after we you know finally raised the flag of surrender on Chapman as a starter, we wanted to see him used in more high leverage situations. Right. Um. If you use Iglesias in the let's say the sixth and seventh, seventh and eighth, or whatever, who do you use in the, who would you use in the ninth? Um. Well, you know, for who, who, oh, yeah, just just Amir Garrett. Yeah, me too. All things being equal, but uh, Amir Garrett, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, from what we know right now, there are a lot yeah. of guys. It's gonna be a pretty good bullpen, I think, and there are a lot of guys you could use. Um, speaking of the bullpen and guys that are trying to grab on, you know, he's done. Could Stevenson have picked the worst time to have inflammation of his shoulder? Stevenson's done. Um, yeah. Yeah. They say he's close to returning, but still, you know, he's missed a couple of weeks of workouts and I figure I figure by the end of spring training, I don't even think he'll be a last cut. I think they may cut him fairly early to hope maybe find some kind of job somewhere else. I, I'll bet he goes I'll bet he's in Kansas City with Billy and Homer. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. I would not be surprised. I, I mean, he's gonna be somewhere else. Somebody's going to pick him up, take a flyer. I mean, why wouldn't you? Oh yeah, absolutely, no question. Um, and I wish the Reds could hang on to him just in case he were able to, to finally figure it out. But I just don't think it's going to happen here. And there's just no spot for him right now. There's just no nope. spot, and you can't send him down to the minors without exposing him to waivers. So I think, I think he's probably going to. Which be is what they might do. They might try sending him down, and then if somebody picks him up, you know, they're they're going to cut him anyway. So 
Or, you know, and at that point you can make a trade. You can work out a trade with that team. Yeah, even if you got, you know, nothing. Yeah. Better than nothing. Get something you for him. All right. Yeah. So bag of balls and a, a bent shit can and you're still better off than you were. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um all right, let's uh you wanna answer a few uh, we got a little bit of time left here. You wanna answer a few viewer mail questions, Bill? Viewer listener questions, yeah. I'm viewer mail. Now, one of the things about this Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash redleg radio, is that if, you, if you're uh, at a certain level or higher, your questions are going to get priority in uh, viewer mail segments. That's going to begin next week, and I'm going to have a call. I, think, on... I mean, can the same guy send a question in every week and get his uh, question asked every week? As long as it, I think the way I put it was as long as it's not a repeat question or absolutely lame. So, but okay. yeah, I mean. Uh, you get to the front of the line uh, for any viewer so mail. If, you, if you're one of our frequent questioners, you need to pony up a little bit of bucks. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so next week. God gonna... knows how important the answers are that we give on this podcast. That's worth actual <laughs> legal tender. They are, they are, they are, you know, they, they shape your life. We will help you shape your life to the way it should be run. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, uh, for those of you that, uh, have already donated. We're going to begin that next week, and I will have a call on Patreon so you can get your questions in. And I'm going to thank all of you uh, publicly as well. But Stephen, Philip, Matt, Joseph, Jeff, Jeff, Drew, all of you that have, uh, those are the first uh, seven uh, patrons. Uh, thank you all so much. And I'm going to give you a little bit more specific uh, shout out in our next episode. Um, but our viewer mail questions uh, submitted to us at Red Leg Radio. And, and going forward, that you can submit them uh, at Patreon or at Red Leg Radio on Twitter. First one is from Jeff. You still don't have the email thing fixed? No, I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Carr <laughs> asks, who would be the Reds' heavyweight champion of the world? Would it be the man who took a picture with the title belt, Yasiel Puig? Or would it be Michael Lorenzen or someone else? Who would be the Reds' heavyweight champion of the world? Bill? I assume we're talking current Reds only. Yes. Okay. Because clearly the answer is the ghost of Ted Klazuski. No, actually, I would have said Bill Plummer. Bill Plummer? Boy, they brought that Back one out of nowhere. The Johnny Bench and, the, and, the, and on the big red machine, they used to say they only kept him around for the fights. Huh. I would have said D'Angelo Jimenez. Ah. Uh, no. Um, I, would, I think Puig's as good an answer as any. I, I don't have a better answer, uh, but... You look at the way Lorenzen's built; it'd be hard. It'd be hard to argue against Lorenzen, too. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Lorenzen. His the young man is put together. He is. His uh, biceps are are dreamy. He's, um, he's, he's Popeye-ish. Popeye-ish. Uh, <laughs> Joe Needhard asks, which Red Leg Nation writer was is the best baseball player? I know who the worst. I would say the answer to that is F. None of the above. None. Other. That's why we're all writing about baseball. I was a. I was a pretty good softball player, but hardball, uh, fast pitch, no. 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 I'm going to go with either Wes Jenkins or Matt Wilkes. Although I don't know, they just seem like they could play. Uh, worst player, me. Um, I did get a hit in little league. One hit. Hello. I got one hit. Are you there? Yeah, I lost you there for a minute. Sound like you were playing your keyboard there. You got got your Casio keyboard in front of you? No, I didn't do anything. All of a sudden, you just went dead. Huh. Well, let's hope not. <laughs> really? Um, Tyler 
Ed who was the worst? Who was the worst? I didn't hear who the worst was. Oh, it was me. Oh, okay. I did, but I but I'd let our listeners know that I did get a hit in in Little League. One hit. I I never played against him in Little League, but in a pickup game, I got a hit off Ricky Buster Keaton, who pitched in the big leagues. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, I did. That's terribly exciting. Yeah, pitched for the Brewers. And you, you play, did you play for the Brewers for a short time? No, but my great uncle was a head scout for the Brewers. Same difference. Yeah. Tyler at the Heavy 217 asks, of all the players with one year of team control remaining, who are your top three in order from one to three that you'd prioritize extending and why? We kind of got into that a little bit earlier. Yeah, it'd be Puig and Wood and I don't know who else. Scooter, Tanner Rourke. Who else has got one year? Probably Rourke. Well, actually, probably Rourke before Scooter, but I, you know, that'd be a toss-up there. But the Puig and Wood would be my one and two. I'd go Wood, Puig. I think I go Scooter three on that. Rourke would be good, but I don't know. He's already making ten million. I'm not sure I want to pay him more than ten million. Yeah, it's a good point. Next year, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Depends on how he pitches this year. Hey, well, absolutely, no question about it. No, and I expect him to be to be fine. Um, Stephen Offenbaker asks uh, the Reds like Connor Joe enough to keep him instead of Casali, and will they send Blandino down to keep Dietrich? We already talked about Blandino and Dietrich. Yes, uh, Blandino's. We've got no chance of making this team. I don't think unless there are injuries. No, and we talked about Connor Joe as well. I don't think they keep him instead of Kirk Casale, unless Casale's not ready. Well, I, I think, yeah, and, and that sounds like it's a possibility. But even then, I don't think they keep this kid as a backup to Barnhart. I think they keep him as a as a possible number three and and fill in other places if they keep him at all. Yeah. Uh, because he's never played catcher in the big leagues. No, not even once. So. I'm not sure that you're, you know, and then, you know, Tucker can't play every day. Um, he can't. No, you're right. So you got to have a guy that you can trust to be the step in for 40% of the time. And Casale's not going to be great, but what he showed me last year and what he's done in the past makes me think he can be a backup. Assuming Ooh. he's healthy. Before, before we, since we're talking about catchers, did you see the Johnny bench special in um, baseball? I've, Network. I've got a DVR, but no, I have not seen it yet. Very good. Very good. I've got a DVR next to the one about the Nasty Boys that I've not watched yet either. That's very good, too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Philip Razor at PSR1973. We've already uh, talked about him some today, and we've really already answered his question, but since he was our first patron, I wanted to go ahead and uh, his question was, lo yes, lots of talk today about lineups. Where would you have Sinzel hit? We've already discussed that. And he says, if Sweet Lou was the manager, since they would be hitting second. And I think that's about right, says Philip. So I, I think that's right, too. You think that's too much pressure? I think it's too much. I, I'm not saying by the end of the year I wouldn't have that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't do, do that on opening day. I wouldn't do it in April. Uh, I would from day yeah. one. But you're insane. Brian Calkins is asking, what's the address to mail in my questions? Because, you know, these are actual letters from actual viewers. We'll put, we'll give out the address to mail in your questions on a future episode of Red Leg Nation Radio. Two uh, two Main Street. Yeah. Why well, Brian says love watching you and the guest each week. Keep up the good work. Clever Brian, love it. Good stuff. View he likes you. He likes you in that turtleneck sweater and with the plaid sport coat over it. Easy now. Um, <laughs> let's see what we got here. Uh, who's going to be the Bengals' next defensive coordinator? Asks Stevie Boy. Me. 
I applied for the job today. <laughs> Good luck with that. I have no idea, but I assume that it will be a human. Um, I, I coached six years at St. Martin's in Chiviet, so I'm cor- I'm qualified to, co- to coach ooh, the Bengals. There you go. There you go. His second question is a lot more interesting to me. Uh, quickly, uh, who who do you think is going to have more home runs for the Reds this year? Matt Lorenzen? Matt Lorenzen. Matt Kemp or Michael Lorenzen? I don't think Matt Kemp is going to be on this team on opening day. Right. That's why it's an interesting question. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's going to be Lorenzen. Just because I'm not sure that Kemp's going to be here long. Right. Um, and it's funny because if they trade him, it'll be interesting whether it's just a dump or whether it actually brings something. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him because he may be the odd man out, especially with Dietrich uh, now here. Uh, Woo at Woo the Reds asks, if someone were hypothetically muted on Twitter by Chad, most likely due to one too many references to UVA basketball, uh, in reference to the University of Maryland at Baltimore County, more likely, uh, how would one earn back the graces to not be muted? Hypothetically, of course. I'm going to let you handle that one. This is a Twitter question. You know how much time I spend on Twitter. No. Uh, and, and, and my guess is if you if you prayed to the altar of UVA basketball hard enough, Chad would sense that you were doing that. <laughs> and he would lift the, the veil of, of, of silence. How about this? Uh, because I enjoyed the question, I'll try to remember later tonight to go in there and unmute Woo the Reds, who is sometimes entertaining. But I've had this strict policy of anyone who just brings up uh, UMBC out of nowhere, I don't mind you talk if it's part of the conversation. That's fine, but every time I mention UVA, somebody wants to mention UMBC, including right. the uh, including the worst viewer mail question we got this week. I can't even talk to you right now, Bill. Uh, well, I don't. I don't understand the, the premise of the problem. Are, are you Are you mocking me? No, I don't, no, not at all. UMBC. You don't watch college basketball. Are, are, I, am yeah. I taking crazy pills here? Is my idiot light flashing? Let me turn around and look. Uh, go look up UMBC UVA. Um, let's see here. We got any other good uh, viewer mail questions? Uh, I don't know. I think that's probably all. We're running out of time anyway. Let's let's stop it there. Have you have you Googled UVA UMBC yet? That's what I, I'm pulling. Yeah, I'm doing this now. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, good lord, that was last year. Last year doesn't matter. Good God. Move on. <laughs> That's episode number 253 of the Red Leg Nation radio podcast. I'm Chad Dotson. He's Bill Like. You can find us at Red Leg Radio on Twitter. You can find us at redlegnation.com. You can find the podcast wherever you find your podcasts, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere. And now. And, and, and you can also find us on Patreon. There you go. As well, where you can help support and become a uh, part of this community. But every week we're going to be bringing this uh, podcast to you uh, free of charge on any of those uh, devices. But uh, subscribe. And if you like us, talk about us. Tell your friends. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Bill, any parting words for us? Words of wisdom? Um. Looking forward to spring training games starting on Saturday, even though the first Ten don't mean anything. <laughs> let's exactly. just get, let's just get through these first ten healthy. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to see how many people overreact to something that happens in those first ten. Oh yeah, you know, let, let's let's say Senzel goes O for his first eight. Bust. He's a bust. Oh, God. 
Send him to Louisville. He's a bum. <laughs> He's done. All right, for Bill Lack and Reds opening day center fielder Nick Senzel, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.